Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Praise God. Well, why don't you turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Actually, verse 21. Verse 20 looks pretty good too, but I think we'll start in verse 21. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5, verse 21. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So previously, one of the messages that I had, uh, that the Lord had me deliver, had to do with being a part of the body, belonging in the body. And we're going to talk about something similar today. We're going to talk about being connected to the head. Connected to the head. There are a lot of headless Christians out there. Can you imagine that? You know the headless horsemen, right? Well, we've got headless Christians running around. Just as scary. Yes, it can be very scary. Headless Christians somehow have found themselves disconnected from the head. Now, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm not talking that. But living in a way as if there is no head. Yeah. Headless Christians. And sometimes there's the temptation to pray like a chicken with your head cut off. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, it starts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to be and we are connected to the head. Who's the head? Jesus. You are connected to to the head. Yes, we are. Hallelujah. You are connected to the head. There's um, a minister that I listen to occasionally, and uh, he was telling about how he had to formally, at one point, put his ministry as a formalized thing, so a registered charity, and he can do things like that. And so he had to come up with a name, and he was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of name to come up with. He was praying about it, and this was the name that he got for his ministry, Neck Ministries. And you're thinking to yourself, what? Neck Ministries? What kind of a name? Usually it's like Jesus is Lord or, you know, Kingdom of God or something like that, right? Or, you know, the Shepherd's Staff Ministry, whatever. There's lots of different names out there. But you think, Neck Ministries? How spiritual? That doesn't sound very spiritual. But then you read his little tagline underneath, and it says, Connecting the Body to the Head. And I just laughed out loud. I thought, that is so funny. Connecting the body to the head. As a body, sometimes you kind of wonder, where is the head? Where is the head? And, you know, in one respect, Jesus himself is physically seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, raised from the dead in a physical body, 
seated at the right hand, glorified body, seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where He is. And He is the head of the church. That's you and that's I. He is the head, and we are connected to Him. So really, the body is the only visible part to the world of the, this body. Is the only visible. They don't see the head. They see you. If they want to know who the head is, they've got to look at you, the body. Otherwise, they don't know who the head is because they can't see him. They can see you. Hallelujah. If you've been disconnected from the head, then they're not seeing the head. They're just seeing you. We want to be in a place in our lives where we get the directions from the head. We are not disconnected, but we are connected to him and living in such a way that shows people around us he lives in us. Now, if you have the Holy Ghost, if you're born again, he lives in you because you got the Holy Ghost. He lives in there. But he shouldn't be in a box in there. From a worldly standpoint, often we'll take the things that are precious to us and we'll put them in a box. We'll put them in a safe. We'll put them somewhere where no one can break in and steal it. Right? Isn't that true? You think, well, I don't want to leave my car unlocked and my wallet sitting on the, you know, the seat of my car because you never know. Someone might come in and break into my car well, they won't have to break in if I left the doors unlocked, but, you know, they might open my car door and grab my, and take something that's precious to me. And that makes sense when you live in the world, but that makes zero sense as a believer. Because what should be precious to you is Him. And He shouldn't be locked away in a box, you. He should be on display for everyone to see. Not only that, but they shouldn't have to pay admission to see. He is a free gift, is he not? He gave himself freely for you. He's a free gift, so he should be freely given to from you to others. Oh, hallelujah. Freely given. Not send me a tie or some sort of offering and I'll pray for you and God will heal your body. Send me some money? Who, who's speaking there? Because it's not Jesus. And there are people in their desperation that find themselves in a place where it's like, I'm so desperate for an answer that they're willing to do that. Sure. You know? Or they think that by, by spending some money that they're attributing a value to that that means something to them so they can receive something in return. But that is not the gospel. That is some other gospel that is not this gospel. This gospel is free. This one is to be freely given. And everything that comes along with Jesus and what he's accomplished is free. And so was that little bit of advice there. That was also free. All right, let's read our scripture. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. 
Wives, now this is the Amplified, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. There's some great keys there, as to the Lord, right? For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. Christ is the head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. I'm just going to keep reading. This is good for us to go through the Bible. As the church is subject to Christ, so let, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why? So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things. Even so, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and carefully protects and cherishes it, as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Hallelujah. We are members of his body. Praise God. Now, I know there's, we, we, I'm not talking about marriage or anything like that this, this after, this morning, just so you know. But it's using that as an illustration, as a pattern. Because what we want to see here today is how Christ is to the church. He's the head of the church. He's the savior of the church. He gave himself for you, for the whole body. And why? So that he can sanctify it and cleanse it. Make it pure and holy and present the body to himself, this pure, spotless bride. Hallelujah. And he looks at the church as his own body. He nourishes his own body. He looks after and cares for his own body. Why am I telling you this? Do not see yourself separate from him. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Do not see yourself separate from Him. No divorce. Amen. You are not separated from Him. Praise God. The way that we live our lives as believers is in union and fellowship with Him. One with Him. Not separate from Him. You are not an orphan and a beggar. In the house of God, outside the house of God, on the steps, on the street, outside the house of God, begging for scraps that fall from the table. That is not you. You are a son and a daughter, and your place is in the house and in the house forever. You are a part of the family of God. You are not separate from Him in any way. The Father did not send His unique, special, unlike anyone else, Son into the earth, to live as a man, 
to die on a cross, to be raised from the dead, to pay the price for your sin that separated you from the, separated you from the Father, just so that you could spend the rest of your life living as a beggar outside the house of God. I'm not talking just financially. I'm talking about in every aspect of your life. Think of the one who you are connected to. What does it say if the owner of the house is wealthy, and, but you yourself, the owner's son, are a beggar? What does that say of the owner? What does that say of the master of the house? It says that he's mean and that he's hard. Is that a good testimony of who our God is, of how he is to us? Absolutely not. It is time for us to be in a place where we no longer see ourselves separated from Jesus Christ. Everything that he is, he has made us to be because we are united together in him. United to him. Hallelujah. When you go to pray, when you go to ask God, when you recognize something about your life and you say, this, must, this is deficient, there's something wrong here in my life, I'm missing something, what am I missing? You're looking at you separate from Him. I'm going to say that again because I want you to get this, this is so valuable, so important. When you look at your life and you say, I'm deficient in this area, I don't have the str- I don't have the patience that I should have. I don't have the wisdom that I think I should have. I don't seem to do things right. I can't seem to get it right. I, I don't know why, where I'm supposed to go next. I, over, all sorts of things. I don't know how to handle my children. I don't have what I need. These things. My family's in trouble. I, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, but they seem to still be in trouble. I don't know where the answer... Who is the answer? Yeah. He's the answer and you are connected to Him. Amen. As long as we're thinking and speaking and praying from a place of lack, we're, we're talking as if we are not connected to the one who has everything, to the one who is the answer. We're in a place where we're, we're, we're not recognizing we've been reconciled to the Father. The very root of the problem has been eliminated. And all of its symptoms are dead. So you can go ahead and curse that fig tree of lack and ill and poverty and curse. And you can say it is dead because the root of it is dead. And all of the symptoms on the outside shall also be gone as well. The root has been pulled up. The root of sin, the root of lack, the root of fear has been pulled up by the roots. And you are no longer in that place. It is over. It is gone. It is done. You have a new life. You have a life that is united to the living one, to the one who is raised from the dead, that very one. You are connected to him, and he looks after you. He provides for you. He takes care of you like you do your own body. That's how he looks after you, and more so, and better than, because he himself is perfect. This is the one we are connected to, the one that rose from the dead. We were those who were once captives that he led and raised up together with him in victory. Not to remain captives, but to be free. We are those he brought up together with him when he was raised from the dead. And seated together with him in heavenly places. 
This is our heritage in Him. This is what we have in Christ Jesus. Nothing less. And you think to yourself, well, how am I going to make that happen? Look to the head. He's made it happen. Hallelujah. There was a verse in Corinthians that we were looking at last time, and I didn't get through the entire, uh, the, the entire section there. I only pulled out the one part about we are members of his body, much like what you read here in Ephesians chapter 5. We are members of his body. But it goes on to say that if anyone unites himself with the Lord, he is one spirit with the Lord. That is you. That is me. One spirit with the Lord. We are connected to him. The life that is in him flows into you, just like the life of the vine flows into the branches. His life flows into you. You are not a cut off and withering branch. You are not disconnected from the vine. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The life of the vine flows into you, the branch. And it is shown and demonstrated by the fruit on the branch. The branch is not praying, give me fruit. The branch is not praying for fruit. It's not. It's not praying for fruit. I I could use with some more peace. I'm praying for peace. I could use some more peace in my life. I'm praying for peace. God, give me peace. Praying for fruit. I'm just just so impatient. I just, God, just so impatient. Lord, help me. Make me more patient. What are you doing? I'm praying for fruit. Praying for fruit. Lord, I I need more of your wisdom in my life. Praying for fruit. Now, yes, we do pray for things. I get that. But I'm, I'm saying it like that to change your perspective. Okay, I'm not, let's not get legalistic over it. If you've prayed like that, okay. I pray like that sometimes, and even still. But let's not make a legalistic thing out of it. What I'm getting at is the heart of the matter is I'm connected to Him. He is patient. He is kind. He ha- he's wise. I think he's, a, I think he's wise. I think he's smart. He's at least as smart as I am. At least that, right? At least. You know, sometimes we live our Christian lives in such a way that it's like. Just think, he's at least as smart as you are. And if he made you, he might be just a little bit smarter. Right? So when you go to explain to God why this is not working. Why you've done everything and it's just not happening. What's the matter? 
remember, he's at least as smart as you are. At least. You're not presenting a problem to him that he hasn't already solved. He's not going to the 24 elders like, hey, we got to sit down and have a meeting here. This is one I haven't seen before. Gets out the, the problem that you have presented with your life and spreads it out before them on the big table there. And they have a conference with the 24 hours to brainstorm a solution to your specific problem. Hold on, Jesus says, hold on a minute, I'll get back to you. I'm going to the Father, we're going to have a conference, and I'll get back to you with an answer. Now while you're there praying, it might feel like that. Because you're praying for an answer and waiting for an answer to come. Looking at your watch. Oh, when shall my answer arrive? How long, O oh Lord, how long? How long must I sit here and wait for the answer to come? And say, I know, God, you're busy. You're, you're figuring this one out. So I can be patient while you figure this one out. And when, just as soon as you know, though, let me know. Just remember, he's at least as smart as you are. Just at least. Might be a little bit more, you think? Yeah. Yes. We do things like that just, just because we don't know him enough. It's plain and simple. If we knew him just a little bit better, most of our problems would disappear. Uh, that sounds very just like, how can you just say that? It's true. If you get to know him just a little bit more, most of your problems will disappear. You know why? Because he's the answer exactly. to all of those problems. Yeah. So just get to know him a little bit more and all of your problems will disappear. You might even find that things that you thought were problems are actually opportunities yeah. and not problems. Yeah. Opportunities for redemption. Opportunities for, opportunities for redemption, to, to redeem that thing back and make yes. it a thing of glory yeah. unto God. But you're not going to see that unless you're getting to know him. When you get to know him, then you'll begin to identify those opportunities. Things that were problems suddenly become opportunities for the glory of God to be manifested. I mean, that's how it was at Lazarus' tomb, right? They're looking at Lazarus. Here's a, pro Here's a big problem. Our brother's been dead for four days. That's what Mary and Martha were thinking, right? This is a big problem. What could G G And they were waiting for the answer. They had called him a few days ago, but he didn't come. He was off doing his thing, and so they're like, you know, I know if you had come earlier, my brother would still be alive, and we think about that in our present circumstances sometimes. I know if God had shown up earlier in my life, then my life would have been different. I wouldn't have a Lazarus in the tomb in my life. If Jesus had just shown up a little bit earlier, I called you, Lord. I prayed. What happened? Waiting. Because you know that's what they were thinking, because that's what they said when he came up. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So they had some faith, right? They had some faith, because they believed that if Jesus had been there just a little bit earlier, Lazarus wouldn't have died. So whatever the problem would have been, Jesus could have fixed it and solved it right before it happened. Right? So they had some faith. They did. 
But when the answer didn't come right away, and it looked like it got worse, it did get worse. Now what was sickness is now death. Jesus still hasn't shown up. Lord, if you had been here just a little bit earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. And our circumstances can present that to us at times. We can, we can feel that way because of what we're going through. We've prayed. We've asked. We haven't seen. And we think, if Jesus just showed up a little bit, you can get to a place where it looks like it got worse. And now you're thinking, where were you, God? What happened? Why didn't you answer my prayer? Why didn't you come when I called you? And a lot of people stop there, but what did Jesus say? He said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Right? And there are things in our lives that look like they're dead. Like the opportunity has passed you by. Like... It went from bad to worse in your life. But the same Jesus knows. And it might seem like it's taken a long time. And you're thinking, I just need a healing. And he's thinking, you need a resurrection. It's an opportunity for the glory of God to be manifested in your life. And if you could turn your eyes just a little bit off of the circumstance, off of the situation, off of what's happening now, and put your eyes on the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who you are connected to, then you will see that that one who is the resurrection and the life and lives in you can turn those circumstances that look like they were dead and make it alive. And who gets all the glory for that? He does. You are connected to the head, the one who is raised from the dead. That's the one who you are connected to. And whatever in your life may appear to be dead, have taken too long, and now it's died. He's the one who can raise it from the dead. He's the one who can turn it around and make it something that is alive. And only he can do, only he can do that. There is no one else who can do that. He is the only one. Hello? There we go. We are not meant as branches. We are not meant to manage our lives. That thinking by managing it, we are producing something. Fruitfulness comes because the life of the vine flows through the branch. And fruitfulness in your life comes because His life flows through you. Not because you're managing your circumstances very well. Hallelujah. There is a temptation 
to get the answer from God and then put it into practice so that our lives will be fixed. And that, that you think, temptation, that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We go to church, we hear a good message, we get the answers, we go out into the world and we put it into practice and then our lives are better. There are many people that live in that place and they yeah. think that's Christianity. Yeah. It's not Christianity. Christianity is being connected to Him and His life living through you. That's not the same thing as the first scenario I described. It's not about getting answers from Him to make your life better. It's about fellowshipping with the answer Himself and Him causing that life to be in you. Which would you rather have, answers from Him or Him the answer? Because Him the answer, if you have Him living in you, you don't need all these little answers. You've got Him. He's the answer to all situations. We spend much time, and to a point, somewhat wasted time, by looking to get all the answers. When the answer Himself is right there and available to us. We spend a lot of time, I need an answer for this situation. I need an answer for this. I need, I need, I'm going to get another tape, another tape, another CD, another, you know, audio <clears throat> podcast, podcast. I need to get that because I need answers. There is a, there is a point in my life where I was very young in the Lord. And I was so excited because I discovered this book is alive. God can talk to me through this book. I discovered there's truth in here. And I, I was just over the moon as the expert. I was just like elated that this is real. This works. God can do things. There's truth here. I was so excited about that because now suddenly my world makes sense. I can take this and this can work in my life and everything can change. That sounds pretty good, right? Yes, I know you're thinking this must be a trick question somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. There is sincerity in that, in an answer of yes. Yes, because their answers are in the book. Absolutely. So you think to yourself, this is, this is amazing. And this is my testimony. I was a young man, and I was getting revelation from God. I'm listening to, at that time. It was cassette tapes, you know, with my Walkman, right? I was a, I was a painter, so I'm painting houses, and I'm just eating this stuff up, because it's, I've never heard this before. This is amazing. This is wonderful. And it's not just like, you know, I'm, I'm learning about the things of God which are real and alive and valuable, not some other stuff. So it, I'm just fired up all the time, excited, because I'm here. And I'm thinking, this is great, because I have all these answers for any question that life throws my way. That's what I was thinking. And I thought, this is amazing. I got, I got all these answers. However, as wonderful as those answers were, I realized I'm not very good at putting these things into practice. Because there was always one more thing that I needed to learn. There was always, wow, well, you know, I, there's always one more step I had to take. There was always one more conference I had to go to. 
There's always one more sermon I had to hear. There's always one more tape that I had to listen to. Because I'm, I'm missing something. If I've got all the answers, then how come it's looking so different in my life? If I have all these answers in my hand. The reason is, is because I was lacking in knowing the answer himself. That's what was missing. He's not giving you all the answers so that you can duplicate what Jesus did. Again, I know that sounds like, what do you mean? We go to church so we can be like Jesus. And in a sense, yes, but no. He lives in you. That's not the same as you trying to copy him. You don't want to copy him because you won't. You just will never measure up. I'm sorry to tell you, in your own copying Jesus, you ain't going to make it. There is only one. But guess what? He lives in you. You are connected to him. His life is in you. And the sooner that you and I put away all this answer-seeking, i got to find solutions to the problems of my life, as soon as we put that away and we look to Him, He will be the one who reveals Himself to you in a way that is much greater than any little answer you got along the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't have the way, doesn't have the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Knowing Him is that eternal life. Knowing Him is that answer. It takes a leap of faith in your life so that when, the, when you get home and it's Monday morning and you're thinking to yourself, this is just life, and you've looked at your life as separate from Him, it takes a change in your thinking to turn around and go, I'm connected to the head. He cares for me. His life is in me. He is helping me. He is the strength of my life. And as I go through my life, it's not about solving my issues. It's about demonstrating the life that He put within me. seem to be on this today. We're going to go on it a little bit more. You got it? You're good? Christianity as a principle, there are some amazing and wonderful principles in this book. Some amazing, wonderful things in this book. But let me tell you, if I go to the world to teach them these principles, teach them about what this, this high standard of living, this amazing quality of life. And I go to teach the world about Jesus and teach the world about the kingdom of God and teach the world about those things. And they learn some of it. And they go, wow, this is amazing. These, my life has dramatically improved since I put these principles in place. When they stand before him at the end of their days, he will still say, I never knew you. 
sobering thought. He will still say, I didn't know you. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate, right? Do everything you can to enter through the narrow gate. Because there will be those at the end when the master's done, he gets up, he shuts the door, that's it, we're done. That's the end of the age, over. There'll be those that are there still knocking at the door, trying to get in. And he's going to say, I didn't know you. And they're going to say, Lord, you taught in our streets. We ate and drank in your presence. And he'll say, I didn't know you. Taught in your street. Taught. Jesus teaching the principles of the kingdom. Taught in the streets. In the world. Go to church. Enjoy the presence of God. As a recipient only. And still says, I never knew you. You might think to yourself, well, that's, that's really harsh. I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you this because it's very a very real fact that in a very short amount of time, even if you live another 80, 90, 100 years, depending on how old you are now, even if you live that long, it's still just a snap. It's, it's, it's so short. You know that already if you've lived any length of years. It's short. And very soon, you will stand before the Son of Man, the glorified one, and give an account for your life. Very soon. And I'm going to tell you this, that if your heart is right, that is a joyous expectation. If your conscience is clear, that day You welcome it. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. You're looking forward to it. But it is the dividing line in your life. It is the measuring stick in your life to know what is valuable and what is not. Am I living for me or am I living for him? Do I know him or do I not? It is the measuring stick when you realize you're going to stand before him and give an account. Sometimes it's not comfortable for me to get up here and say that to you so strongly, but I know I will give an account. And here's the thing. I want you to stand strong and bold before him in that day. That is my joy. That is my crown. When you stand before him and you stand strong in his presence and you stand with joy and great expectation in the light of his glory and you stand in that place and you are doing well. That makes all of this worth it. Whatever the cost is, eh, it's nothing compared to that moment. That moment when you are standing before him and you are doing well. Where he looks at you and says, enter into the joy of your master. When he looks at you and says, well done, come on in. I want you to have that. Because that is what matters. 
Everything else falls below. That is what matters. You are connected to that one. His life lives in you. You are not separate from him. You are united together in him. I believe that by the Holy Ghost, you are seeing the wheat separated from the chaff in your life. I believe that there is something occurring on the inside of you, that spark of reality, that spark of light that is igniting on the inside of you, and you see a little glimpse of that eternal life that Jesus has given you. You see. I believe that that's happening inside you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The same living one has given his life so that you can be with him. The same one who lives forever is the one that knows you personally, intimately. He knows you. He knows the thoughts of your heart. He's the same one. He is not holding anything back from you. You belong to him. And he takes care of you like he does his own body because you are his mem- a member of his body. He nurtures you. He cleanses you. He beautifies you. So I exhort you this morning, please. Go to Him. Stay in Him. Do not depart from Him. In any way. You are connected to him. He loves you with his with all of his life. He loves you. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment just to pray and be quiet in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are with us, that you are revealing yourself in our hearts. I thank you for that clarity that comes. I thank you for the light that shines in every heart here. And I thank you that in this place we know you just a little bit more, that we honor you. And that you have your rightful place in our hearts and our lives. I thank you so much for the joy 
of being rescued from the world. The joy of knowing who you are. The joy of sharing your life. Take a moment to quietly talk to him. Keep your heads bowed and your heart on the Lord and listen. When we were taking some time in worship a little bit earlier, there was a, there was a place in that worship where the heart cry is, I want to know you more. I want to see your glory. I want to... There's that cry in the heart that says, Abba, Father, it just reaches for him. When you are alone with him, let that cry come out. Let that be ever present in your heart. Continue. As Shalane just play softly in the background. Let your heart remain in the same place. If there are things that you need to Say, Lord, I, I'm sorry I missed it here. I've had my eyes in the wrong place. He loves you. He forgives you. He already knows that. That's why he's showing you. Just release it to him and let it go. There are things that you desire and you say, Lord, I, there's a life here that I, I want. I see it and I want it. He's telling you, I'm showing you because I'm doing it in you. I'm leading you in that way. Maybe there's some of you that say, I, I, I can't seem to find the door. I've been so encumbered about with many things, I can't find the door. And he's telling you, I am that door. And you have been found by me. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.